Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this episode, I chat with my dear friend, Hillary Dunham. She's creative, she's energetic, she's a businesswoman who owns not one but two businesses, an online store and a brick and mortar. That's one of the reasons why I wanted her on the show, because I wanted her to speak to us about the differences and the similarities between the business models. But even more so than that, she was full of encouragement. See, I'm very camera shy, hence the podcast here. But Hillary seems to be very confident in front of the camera. And so I wanted to ask her, how is it that you can get on the cam- get in front of the camera and just shine? Well, she let me in on her secret. For you, it may not be that surprising, but it was so powerful for me. I hope this episode fills you full of energy, fills you full of encouragement, and helps you be more confident marketing your small business. So listen up. Hello, Hillary. I am so happy to have you here. I have been excited about this conversation ever since you agreed uh, to talk with me because you have so much insight to share. You are stinking hilarious. So much fun to be with. And <laughs> I'm so Rach, excited. Flattery, flattery will get you everywhere. You- <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm being very You're so sincere. sweet. Stop I'm it. being very no, I'm happy, happy to talk with you anytime. Thank Yay. you for asking me. It's always nice to be asked. So it's an honor. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so Hillary, I want you to introduce yourself and your businesses to um, the listeners, please. Sure. Well, my name is Hillary Dunham. I have a website that's Mint Julep Monograms and a storefront that's Mint Julep Market. I try not to run those together because I'm very Southern and sometimes <laughs> it sounds like Mint Julep, you know, I can, uh, I, I, I try to enunciate what I can, but yes. So those are both gift businesses, the online is just me and it focuses on personalization and embroidery and anything that you can get your name or monogram on. And then our storefront in Huntsville, Alabama is a gift boutique where you can get everything from baby gifts to clothes to things for a wedding gift or jewelry or things for your dogs or everything in between. So it is just an all-around gift store and gift boutique. That's great. And we have a lot of people who work with me to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So tell them how did, how Mint Julep Monograms came first, correct? Yes. And so tell listeners, how did you go from, because you had a job, you had a life prior to monogramming and to being an online right. boutique owner. So talk to us about how you got to where you are. Well, it's a crazy story. (laughs) All the good ones are. You know, that's such a good point. All the good ones are. I, gosh, I moved up to Huntsville. I'm originally from Dothan, Alabama. And as a child, went to space camp. 
and my one goal in life was not to be an astronaut. No, no, that would be what you're supposed to take away from space camp. Instead, <laughs> I wanted to be a space camp counselor because they were having the most fun of any people. They were laughing and chatting and having a great time. And it was such a great place. It was magical. And I just wanted that. So after my sophomore year in college, I applied to be a camp counselor and got the job and moved up here knowing no one and packing my entire life in the back of my Nissan Altima. So <laughs> what <laughs> I would have did, did not have all that, it's all the stuff now. It was so easy back then. But I came up, got a job, and absolutely loved it, and started dating this guy who I've been uh, dating for 20-something years now, <laughs> right. guess, but, but he was also, I met my husband, Jason, he was also a space camp counselor, and we had the most fun, and just as I'd remembered, it was magical, it's a great place, so I came back, I, I went back to finish school would come back every break I got. And after I graduated from college, they offered me a full-time job in their marketing department. Well, I started with uh, corporate programs and a little bit of education. And then I moved to their marketing department. It was brand new. It was newly formed. And we were working, oh gosh, I don't know, 80-hour weeks. But when you mm. are 23, 24, 25, right. that... I had the energy and mm -hmm. I, you know, we didn't have kids and I traveled a lot and loved it and was able to really see the country. And I, I think that teaches you a lot about people and how to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. And that really Wisconsin looks just like Alabama. <laughs> Truly it does. <laughs> Other than the snow, I was there in the summer right. speaking at Oshkosh, but other than this, you know, other than that, yeah. but I was amazed at that and that the St. Louis arch is actually silver. In my <laughs> mind, it had always been white because in every textbook picture I had ever mm -hmm. seen, it was reflecting something that was nearby. And so it just, it's a great opportunity. And I feel like I'm just so grateful to be able to travel like that and really cut my teeth in a world of marketing that was really high profile at some times, but also mm -hmm. high energy, high impact, working with different national companies, working with different national TV outlets. It was really amazing for somebody that young to have that much experience. It was truly, I don't want to say blessing as a, a lighthearted word. I feel right. like you throw that around anywhere, but it really was a blessing. I, I didn't realize it at the time. I was just working, working, working and loved it. So I had a great, great intro to that world. And um, I think I was there for five years total and then really felt a call to tone it down and not travel so much and worked mm -hmm. for a company out of Ohio from home. And that's when I really realized you can actually work from home. And this is kind of a, a new frontier for entrepreneurs. And our whole generation is the first one, I think, truly mm -hmm. to be able to run a business out of your dining room, if that's mm -hmm. you. Or there are things that start just really small. And with the internet and all the opportunities, you just, it's really endless. So 
after I did worked with this different summer camp program for about seven years, I had um, a friend offer to sell me her embroidery business. And I was pregnant with my third child in four years, <laughs> which is a crazy, crazy plan. Right. But That's a whole nother life story right there. We could Exactly. <laughs> another crazy story. But we, I just, I, I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And mm -hmm. anybody who's ever been in that position, you know that you're not aligned with what God puts you on this earth to do. And so I knew that it's a, it's a very hard thing to say because I had a great job where I sat at a desk and made a lot of money and I was really grateful for that, but I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So when this friend offered me her embroidery machine and business, I, to tell you, I knew nothing about it is an <laughs> understatement. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. And she trained me for a while and then decided about four months later that she did not want to sell it. And I was so disappointed. Jason came home and I was on the sofa and I was, <laughs> you know, doing that ugly cry, pregnant, yes. mind you. And oh, he yes. He approached gingerly. <laughs> He needs to. Why you know, like, what am I walking into here? Is this smart crying? man? Is this? Yeah, he's a very smart man. And I told him the scenario, and he said, "If you want to do it, let's do it." Mm. I said, "Well, okay, but I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't want to start my own website. I didn't want to create everything from scratch. I don't even know how to get a business license. I don't know how to do any of those things." And my amazing husband just looked at me and some, sometimes I feel like he's just such a good encourager, but he just looked at me and he said, if anybody can figure it out, you can. Oh, and I said, okay. So that's how it started. That's how it started. I yes. love it. I love well, it. And, and at the time I had a blog that was when mommy blogs were really big. Mm -hmm. This was 10 mm -hmm. years ago, 2010. And Lots of people read that blog, which I'm so grateful for because they were my first customers. Now, they got some terrible, terrible products. <laughs> Mom agreeing. I didn't know what I was doing. I would just kind of hope it looked good. I mean, talk about just learning from the get-go, truly learning from scratch. And so it took a long time to develop that and build a different website as your listeners probably know, if they're in business, websites don't just happen. No, you know, no. it's like, oh, I want it to look pretty and I want it to be um, concise and clear and, and look like all these other fancy websites. Well, that just doesn't happen. No, it takes a ton of work. And especially if you're trying to figure it out how to do it yourself, it's just, I was learning a lot. <laughs> but after about I think three and a half years um a, a, an acquaintance here in town had a store and she offered to sell it to me and that's kind of how Mint Julep Market was born so we have people inside the store who work there but also sell their own items they have their own small businesses inside of the store so it's set up kind of like a co-op Mm -hmm. as far as the back end and that really is amazing as well so it's two different ways to have a business it's two different ways to market 
And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really a neat thing to figure out. I'm still working on it. There are no perfect answers. I don't have everything nailed down, but I have learned a few things. Oh, of course you have. And and that's the thing about that's the thing about businesses and marketing is that it's your your business, the longer that you have it, the more established that it is, it evolves and it changes, which same thing right. happens with happens with marketing. You have to be willing to change and think outside the box and listen to what your customers want, where they're hanging out. And so I know that listeners, I have listeners that are have online only. And then I have listeners that are brick and mortar or meaning they have a location. They sell out of a location. They're, they're kind of married to a spot or to a city. So can you think of, can you share with us what, what are some of the differences that you see with marketing an online business versus a brick and mortar? I think this is such a great question because there are differences and I don't think I've ever actually nailed them down. So I'm grateful to be able to work through this with you. And again, I'm not an expert. I'm just somebody who's lived it. I feel like though, the thing that I didn't realize as far as when I opened a store, one of the biggest differences obviously is that you had to have inventory. That's mm. much more expensive than an online store. And I knew, and this has, this has changed dramatically over the past 10 years that I've been in business, but I feel like your photography and your pictures need to be at this point, just amazing for your website. Mm. Customers are zooming in on products and they want to see what the embroidery looks like and they want to see exactly what the item where the seams are on the item I mean truly I'm so grateful though because we all have if you have a phone that has the capability and the camera and the you know there are filters and options and things now that we can use talk about another learning curve there are <laughs> filters and things now that you can use to make your pictures look amazing that's not the issue The problem is, though, when you transfer that to a brick and mortar, you want to be able to offer that same level of photography when you're marketing or when you're talking Mm. to, you know, or showing what you have. But a lot of the times those those products change and go in and out and the website or the wholesale supplier might not have a great picture. And it's just, it's difficult. It really is. As far as marketing with photography, which is its own subject. Those are very, those are very different there. But to me, the word marketing basically means just telling a story. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it in that light from telling a story on a website, you don't often get the chance to do it unless you put video on your website, which Mm -hmm. now I'm making a note video on (laughs) website. I think that would be a great idea. You don't often get the, the opportunity on a website to really tell your story of why you do what you do, who you are, other than your about me page, you really want your items to also tell a story. Mm -hmm. What's neat about a brick and mortar is the customer, when they walk in their experience, you get to chat with them and find out exactly why they're buying this baby gift or 
exactly what party they are cooking for and they need this special ingredient. We have a gourmet food section and they want, you know, oh, this gift is for our cheerleader sponsor. And you really get to hear their story and have that relationship and interaction and help them find the perfect solution for it. So it's just the store is a lot more personal and you have to be able to try to figure that out on a website to add some humor or add something that is special that makes them think, oh, this really is a real person on the other end. I really like buying from them and to keep them coming back. So there is a big difference. You have more of an opportunity in the brick and mortar to really solve a direct problem. And unless I had a, you know, click here for a live chat, which I think people would love and I would be answering chat questions all day long on a website. I feel like you don't really always get that opportunity. So the marketing aspect of it, you need to give as much information as possible and people still won't read it on a website, but you still need to give as much information as possible where in a store at brick and mortar, when you're chatting with them and having that relationship, you really kind of glean what they need. Now, getting them into the store is a totally different beast because I can't tell you how many times we've told people, I mean, I think we've been there six and a half years and people will walk in weekly and say, now how long have y'all been here? I have never (laughs) seen the store or my favorite. I thought this was a liquor store or, (laughs) or, Oh, Oh, where's the ice cream shop? Because our logo is a julep cup. And I think, I guess they think it's an ice cream cup. I don't know. I've had a little bit of everything over the years. My favorite is when people walk in and they say, why is the store named this? You know, (laughs) I'm sorry, it's my fault. But yeah, it's getting over that hump to get people in the store is the first bit of marketing, which is different than their experience inside of the store. So they're all well and I want to talk for just a second because one thing I want to Hillary you made such a great point there about brick and mortar does allow you to build relationships at a quicker in in a quicker conversation maybe not at a quicker rate because a website can get out to so many more people right just within seconds but I love what you said that you can hear their problems and directly solve them Right. And I do have to give kudos to Hillary because on her website, she does list these hilarious. If you go and you read about buying a backpack with a monogram on it, she lists, she always has a touch of her, of her voice in oh, her thanks, descriptions. And it does speak powerfully to someone who, when you're deciding between a website with no character versus a website with some character. Most of us are going to go with the ones that have a story and that have some character. So kudos well, to you. That's sweet. I feel like I need to do more work on it as we, you know how you Everybody look does. around your house and you always <laughs> yes. think it's dirty or old or something. And, and you can walk in. Anybody else could walk in and go, Oh, it's so pretty. And you think, Oh, I see all, I know where I've hidden everything. I know where all the toys are right. hidden or where the, where the dust is. But I feel like that, that it always needs updating and work and new pictures and all the things. 
but we do the best that we can one day at a time, take one little thing and chip away at it. But I completely agree with you. And the reasoning behind that is I just like to buy from somebody that has a heart or somebody that really tells their story or has a funny anecdote with an item online. It makes me feel like it's a real person that I'm buying from. Agreed. 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 And, and so a lot of our customers, whether they are in the store or online, really want to feel like they are supporting a local business. Even if they're in New Jersey, they are still supporting a business that is a small local business. Or they want to feel like their order is actually going to people. I think there's even a line on our website that says, please, you know, in the details or add your details here a real human will read them. I mean, <laughs> like it really does make a difference. And that's how I like to shop. And I just, I guess, cater to the way that I like to shop. But yeah, there's a huge benefit, I feel like, to putting your own personality in what you do. Well, and it's very crucial. Not everybody is going to be drawn to that, but that's okay because we're learning that is not your customer. Then you want to attract right. those people that are going to be loyal to you and more importantly, tell other people about you because oh, word yeah. of mouth marketing is by far the best. But I sure. wanted to talk for a second too, because she talked about getting people into a brick and mortar store is a huge challenge. And Hillary worked for marketing for the Space and Rocket Center. She talked about the fact that she worked sometimes with local news agencies. One thing that Hillary is really good about is getting in front of the camera and she's understands and knows that Facebook and Instagram, that the algorithms love the lives anytime that you can do that and get in front of a camera. So one way that she has grown her platform as far as the brick and mortar store is by not being afraid to get in front of the camera. And she plays very well with, with Insta stories, both on Minjula monograms and Minjula market. So Thanks, I want to know for, because I am so camera shy, how do you feel confident in front of a camera? Wow. I wish I need to give myself this pep talk. So I'll give you the pep talk that I give myself. Yay. I need it. I, I want you just to pour your confidence on me. Just <laughs> well, so I'm excited about this pep talk. To be completely honest, I am just like everybody else, I imagine, in that I can get in my head and say dumb things that I would never say to anybody else. Right. But I will get in my head and think, oh my gosh, I look fat today. I am not <laughs> going to do this. I wish the zit was covered up. What filter can I use to cover the zit? <laughs> Why in the world would anybody want to listen to me? I mean, I do that. I would do that. There's no doubt about it because we're human and we have that negative voice that will come. And so the biggest pep talk I give myself is, it's okay, it's fine. People want to connect with people. And all that I'm going to do is give them solutions to their problems. I'm not going to be salesy because I hate salesy. Mm -hmm. As a customer, I cannot handle it. We had to buy a mattress a couple weeks ago and I just turned on a heel and walked out of a store because somebody was so over the top. Ridiculous. I can't handle it. So <laughs> that sounds like I'm rude. I'm really not. But this person was just a little bit over the top. So I don't want to be that way. 
I don't want to be the mattress king guy that tapped on your television <laughs> growing up. Speaking of mattresses twice. <laughs> right. But I really want to say exactly what I would tell my friends. If I am walking with a group of girlfriends, that's my mental note to self. Okay. I'm going to tell them what we have new in the store. I'm going to give them three options if they need to get a gift for a teacher. And I'm going to remind them about this event. And so I think of my five things I want to say. I even make a little post-it. Mm -hmm. And just mentally think of it as if I'm walking with some friends. The other thing is I don't put on fronts. I am not smart enough to do that. So I speak, I write, I present, I do Facebook lives exactly the same way I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. If I mess up or if someone walks in the store, which happens pretty often. It does. Yes. <laughs> I normally give the, the side eye and make a joke about someone's walking into the store. They don't know they're about to be on Facebook and, (laughs) and just keep talking because they are laughing and normally going, I don't want to be on Facebook. You know, they're doing, doing the no hand sign. So there are um, a lot of advantages to that. Honestly. And now too, I've tried to do them all before we open because that gives me a clear when the coast is clear, but that's my pep talk is okay. I'm just going to tell them exactly what I would tell my friends about what we just got in stock. I have to get myself out of, Hey, I look terrible or, Oh, this is awful. Or, Oh, I have a lot of days where I don't have a lot of confidence, especially in the past few years, because I really feel as if the more information we're getting, the more we judge ourselves and compare ourselves Mm -hmm. to others. And I just have to pray about that. And that is not of the word. Like that is not of God. I do not, I need to honestly pretty often recenter myself and say, who am I comparing myself to? What are my Mm -hmm. standards? What are my, and really go through those mentally and say, check, check, check. I'm not comparing myself to another store or another owner or another this, that, or the other. I'm just going to be the very best me I can be. I, that sounded like, gosh, so cheesy. I'm sorry. No, it's like it a didn't. PBS honestly. after school special. But <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I needed to hear this today. So keep, well, keep I'm talking to myself. As, no, I'm talking <laughs> to myself as much as anyone else. So I think when you really get into the mindset to say, this is going to be so neat. They're going to love this information. And you know what else? If they don't, that's fine. They can just scroll on. You know, it's okay. I don't want to think that way, but I also don't want to be so scared to do a Facebook live that because I think people won't like it. I mean, really, we can get in our heads about this. Yes. And I don't know if I'm the only one. You're not. (laughs) When you talk to yourself and you think, oh my gosh, that's going to sound dumb or, oh, the phone's going to ring, which it has done many a time. Mm -hmm. And I just let it ring. And then I have to hear my long voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you hear yourself talking in the background nothing and I mean nothing is as bad as that it's more embarrassing <laughs> oh my word I've been known to just take the phone off the hook but it's definitely telling yourself you can do it and I'm gonna solve a problem for them 
I have to really talk myself, tell myself that I'm not too salesy. I don't want to be that way. I'm not that way. I don't respond to that. So, and I think most people probably have just been inundated with fake all through the years. And so I really want to be my real self and that's it. I do. And I do think people do connect so well with Hillary on um, her social media platforms when she's live is because you really feel like you're seeing a real person. You're seeing someone who's beautiful and well put together and well spoken and has put some Rachel, thought into it. Rachel, but at the I same told time, you flattery will get you everywhere. And, and that's, I <laughs> but I'm being honest too. I wish you could see me right now. You're very kind <laughs> to say that. <laughs> but I have point, on no makeup and I look like a time life operator with my kids' gaming headset on. So no, don't. <laughs> that it's not image. all roses and. You know, it, and it, and it's, you're right, and it's not, and it's not right. going to be. But I think you, you really made a point to say that everybody struggles to get in front of the camera, even those that make it look easy. The difference may be that they've done it a thousand times, and some of right. us that have that are getting in front of the camera, that's only our tenth time. And right. there's a lot of, and but it re- does require a lot of good conversations. And I like what you said because I catch myself in conversations saying ugly things to myself that if I heard my boys say to themselves, I would fall apart. And just like you said, I've had to stop myself going, I would never allow someone else to talk to themselves like I am doing. And that's with anything. We're, you know, Hillary and I are talking about being in front of the camera, but it can be about email or hitting, you know, creating your next blog post or putting that next social media post up. That's another place I really struggle. You know, you talked about photography earlier on as well. You know, in the end, we just have to do our best and we have to talk nicely to each other. And the point you made too is to be right with God about it and recognize that this is, like you said, our little after school special, be the best me that we can be. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. I feel like there's going to be a Kool-Aid commercial after this, but yes. Yeah. I, I, I really feel like I would never tell somebody some of the things that I think about myself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good point. It's terrible that you'll go through that and berate yourself because we see everybody else and you think it's perfect. And what we have to remember and recall, and I feel like hopefully this message resonates with many customers What you are seeing on Instagram and Facebook is a snapshot of the best five seconds of someone's day. Mm. And then they edit it and then they (laughs) clean it up and then they they filter it. (laughs) Right. And that's okay because the best five seconds of my day look pretty darn good too. Yes. But then you live the other, whatever that song number is with the seconds. But, you know, it's, uh, it's not something to measure yourself up to. I think it's fine to get inspiration and cheer each other on. I feel like the social medias, the, the Facebooks, as yeah. my, uh, you know, uh, friends might say, the Facebooks or Instagrams, whatever, those were made so that we can connect with each other and continue to tell stories and encourage. And it's really, when you look at it from a sales and a marketing perspective, you really still want to tell those mm-hmm. stories, whether they're honest or whether it's from the carpool line or whether you're having a crappy day, that's okay. Sometimes I guarantee you there's somebody out there who needs to hear, Hey, I'm having a crappy day too. 
We're going to get through this together. (laughs) We'll we'll survive it. We'll survive it. And so being real, and I know that we went off for just a second talking about the conversations that we have in our head, but honestly, marketing is about being able to speak about your business and to tell stories that customers are going to relate to about your business. And that really boils down to all of us as business owners, our companies, our businesses are almost like babies or extensions of us. And so it does come back to being confident and being sure of yourself, even on those bad days, even on those crappy days. Mm -hmm. Um, Hillary, you speak so much wisdom. So speak to somebody who is starting a business in 2020. Think about the years you've been in business now for 10 years. Maybe what would you tell yourself now if you're starting in 2020? So many things. I think, first of all, get yourself set up with an accounting software or I know this isn't marketing, but it's something I, That's wish, okay. I, it's something I wish I would have done at the get Lay it on us. Anything that you can do to organize your systems will save your life. I was going to say save you hours. It will save your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, it seems like you're overdoing things at the beginning. And I often tell people that I just started in my basement, putting names on a few things. So I didn't need to have anything organized. And it's true, you don't. But once that grows and expands and multiplies, you need to plan for 10 times your current business. And then what would you do? How Mm. would you even do that? And, and again, I don't, I'm not saying go out and hire a bunch of people that you don't need. You're still going to have to know how to do every single aspect of your business, but to really think about, I'm going to write this down because this customer might call me in three months and want the exact same thing. And I didn't think about those things at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Nobody would. It's just, you're just happy to have customers. Yeah. So a lot of that is just learned through experience. So operational systems, accounting systems, writing all that down. I am so much of an artsy, creative person, but I have this weird gene that I'm good and like math, but it doesn't mean that I do it perfectly. So I learned that I need people to help me in certain areas. So when you're starting, I think not only your business to really one big thing is to know why you're doing what you're doing and write Mm -hmm. that down somewhere. It's powerful when you write it down. So know why you're doing what you're doing so that your business has a story, but also then learning what your strengths are within the business. For me, one of the first things that I gave up because I hated to do it is shipping. And it's very Mm -hmm. hard when you own your own business to hire and actually let somebody help you they're going to touch your stuff and they are going to be you know trying to be helpful and you know how you do it and you know what it's supposed to do and they don't know that that customer likes it that way and because you haven't written it down anywhere but it's very hard to let somebody in once you do that and train them and get everybody to a point where it's actually beneficial I always suggest to people to hire someone the very first thing to do that you're either really bad at doing it's Mm -hmm. not your strength or that you just hate doing for me at that time shipping was taking so much of my time and it was 
draining. I just hated it. I don't, you know, just putting things in boxes and getting the right address and printing out the label. All of that was taking time that I could have been creating or making Mm -hmm. or doing. So I think once you start to grow and you know your strengths to hire someone to really help you with your weaknesses, that was Mm. definitely a very good step for me that we're just very grateful it worked out that way. It was freeing for you because yes. like you said you could focus on you could focus on things that right. were important to you and that you found that energized you and gave right. you more gave you more time t- time back maybe it's not the right phrase but most of us are juggling a family as well and so right. in any time it's really hard in the early days to want to let go of money to pay somebody to do something because a lot of us have this mentality oh, but I can do that. Why pay somebody to do something that I can do? Exactly. And it's very hard. I still struggle with that. Are you kidding me? We all do. Of Um, course. As far as marketing is concerned, I feel like you need to really pay attention to what ads or pictures or stories drive you as a customer or your friends. Eventually, your customer base is going to be very different than you. And that took me a while to understand. And I don't think it's 100% true. I mean, I don't think our customer base is totally different than me. But it's going to grow a lot. And you need to be paying attention to what they, in general, the customers, your current customers respond to. What works best? how, How do you like to be... I don't want to say marketed to, but in a sense, that aspect, but, and then go with that. You don't have to recreate the wheel. You -hmm. don't have to create something that's brand new, never happened. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And then you'll kill yourself and you've spent all that time on marketing when you could have just had an event or told your story on a website or made a quick video. There are just a lot of different things that are screaming for your attention for marketing. Mm. And so to pay attention to what you respond to, because I imagine that's going to be, especially in the beginning, what your customers respond to well. So as far as marketing, if someone was starting, I would say just pay attention, look to see what you prefer and do that one thing and do it well. That is a great point. If that's Instagram, knock it out of the park. Don't feel like you have to also have a Pinterest page that leads to a website that leads to Mm -hmm. a Facebook. And you should really have your LinkedIn connected professional. (laughs) I mean, you don't, you can't, you cannot do all Mm -hmm. those things. Figure out the one thing that you prefer and do that and do it well. And that's going to change because mine used to be Facebook and now it's not. I'm not nearly as good at that. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that no one is seeing any Facebook posts anymore. But <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Alas, I have, I have digressed. That's definitely another conversation right for us. Oh, so my gosh. Another exactly. hour's worth of conversation. Yeah. But um, that's a great point. And because when you're starting, you said it well. So many things are wanting your attention. Oh, and you could take this course to learn how to do this and watch my videos and you're just starting a business. You don't have to do any of those. Let me just speak a freeing word to somebody right now. 
you do not have to take the $2,000, $500, million dollar course. All you have to do is think about how you like to be presented a pro- you know, a product yes, presented to you. a product you. or a service. Well, hey, your product is helping somebody. Just tell them about it in the medium that you're most comfortable with and try mm. it. You're going to mess it up and that's okay. You don't learn otherwise. I think um, you are the one who was talking about Facebook ads and I loved your wisdom, Rachel, about trying it, figuring out if it worked, what you did about it that did work, and then try it again. There's no, yes. there's no specific answer that is always going to be the right answer. It's not. And because every business is a little different, every business owner is a little bit different. Every customer base is a little bit different. And that's really, I, I speak to a lot of clients and customers and say this, that marketing really is about experimenting. And, it, the, and experimenting means that you don't just do it once. You right. try, you jot down some notes so that you don't have to start all over again. And then you try it again with a lit, with a different variable or heck, if you, if it worked great, then guess what? You've got you get to do it again. The exact same thing again. Yes. And then it won't so, work that time, but it will, <laughs> but you'll try, <laughs> but you yes. will, you'll figure something out that works. Yes. But it, Hopefully. but it is about experimenting and about trying and just, just starting. And as a brand new business owner, it is so difficult to know where to start, but I love what you said choose the medium that you are most comfortable with and start talking to people how you like to be talked to. And Hillary's right. As your business grows and becomes more established. And if you keep your eye peeled, stay focused, your customers will lead you to how you need to continue talking to them, but you got to figure out where to start. And so she made a great, um, where to begin. She told you where to begin. So I appreciate that, Hillary. I needed this conversation so much today. So, <laughs> I'm so seriously, glad. I'm just, I, I've got notes all over my paper and I'm soaking it up. And the great thing is, is I know Hillary personally. You so can call me anytime. Can, right. We can continue this conversation even after the recording. But Hillary, <laughs> um, <laughs> before, before we get off, I want you to tell everybody one more time, where can they find you? Thanks, Rach. My website is mintjulepmonograms.com and our store is Mint Julep Market and that's in Huntsville, Alabama on South Parkway right next to Rosie's. That's uh, our, our, uh, our guide. Just follow your nose to my favorite Mexican restaurant in town. Whew, it's a good one. So good. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. I love talking about this with you and I appreciate oh, all that you do well, to educate people and encourage Rach. You're just such, you have a gift of encouragement. Oh, and so well, thanks, thank Helen. you for being um, who you are and being so kind to ask me to join you. Oh. I just loved it. Well, I appreciate it. I had so much fun too. And seriously, Hillary is extremely creative. She's constantly thinking of different ways to um, go about sharing sharing her story, monogram story, and market story. So thank you for agreeing to talk with me. And Anytime. We'll chat soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Rach. Bye, kiddo. I so hope you got as much from that conversation with Hillary as I did. 
one thing I really leaned in on was her conversation about that people want to connect with people. That is powerful. And that is something that all of us can consider when we're talking about our business, when we're marketing our business and it feels uncomfortable. It's hard to sometimes talk to someone face to face or on video or even on a podcast. But she's right. People want to connect with people. So that was a key takeaway for me. A second one, who am I competing with? Hillary made an excellent point that with all of the information, with all of the social media accounts that we have at our access now, it's very easy to fall into the comparison game when that's not really what we should be doing when we're marketing our business. It's our job to know what our customers want and need. And it's our job to know how we can fulfill those wants and needs with our products and services. So comparing ourselves with other business owners, with other beautiful women or handsome men or million dollar companies, that's not really what it's supposed to be about, even though we fall into that rut. So who are we comparing ourselves with? Hopefully just our, just us. Powerful stuff right there. And a third point that Hillary made is to think about what need do we fulfill? What problem do we solve? And when we consider marketing as a way of telling a story about what need or fulfill and what problem we solve, it is no longer quite so scary because we're in the business of helping people, whether it be help them find a gift so that they can show love and appreciation for someone else? Or for me, is it how am I able to help someone tell the story of their businesses? But when we look at marketing as a way to solve someone's problems, and in doing so, we're telling our story, it takes out some of the mystery work and it takes takes away that confusion that we often feel when it comes to marketing our company. So, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, like I said, as much as I did, and that you got some encouragement from it. Remember, if you got any value from this uh, podcast, please leave a review. You as a business owner know that a review is gold. I appreciate you so, and I hope you'll listen to the next one. Have a wonderful week.